0: My mission in Guatemala is not only to serve the Guatemalan children but to help Americans understand how our neighbors in Central America need our support and how much there is to learn. I want to be the bridge to help Guatemalans and help Americans learn and to help encourage Americans to go to Guatemala and have those type of experiences. hello
1: everyone and welcome to the bad assery podcast my name is paula boland and i am your host and here at the bad assery we celebrate people who have reconnected with their inner power their inner self their inner being and are now using their power to change the world to help the world and we listen to their stories we celebrate their stories and learn from them so that we can take part in reconnecting with our own inner power and also be part of sending love and help to the world. I am super, super glad to be here today with my friend, Kim Rogers. She is a friend of mine. I've known her for a few years in different ways. we worked together some when I was um, running a, a nonprofit in Guatemala. And she is the owner, CEO, and founder of an organization called Heart for Guatemala, which started in her little living room in Texas and now is um, working with all kinds of people all over the country. And she has also gone all over the country being here as a, I guess, um, repatriated, repat, um, not on purpose. Um, She lives normally in Guatemala and came back to get a few things and it ended up this, you know, global crisis that's going on this health crisis and she couldn't get back. So she's learned a lot of things. She continued her badass journey during that time and we'll tell you maybe a little bit about it and is actually writing a book of her experiences that. So I'm just going to have Kim kind of, you know, tell a little bit about her story, tell her what she's doing in Guatemala, what happened to her, what made her go to Guatemala and all those kind of things and we'll just have this conversation and I'm so pleased to have you here. Thanks, Kim, for being with me today.
0: Oh, wow, my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here with you. We've been working together for a couple of years now. And it's been a whole lot of fun. And boy, have I learned a lot. <laughs> Where should I start?
1: Tell us how how you got started with your um, nonprofit called Heart for Guatemala. What was happening before that? And sort of what was your journey that you went through that took you into your reclaiming your badassery?
0: Uh, Let's see. Well, Heart for Guatemala, I applied officially this past January. So it's only been like nine months. So it became an official 501c3 in March. But it started two years ago, actually. I was doing it at fundraising. And volunteering in Guatemala as just a hobby for fun, Uh, exactly almost two years ago, um, just taking groups of friends down for vacation and fun, and then uh, for service. It was November 3rd, two years ago, um, when I was taking my son, his best friend, and some other friends down, um, when it all really started to get serious, because I found out right as I was walking out the door to the airport that my husband was having an affair. So um, my whole life changed (laughs) and I had started before that, like I said, I'd been on uh, four or five vacations at that time and had started uh, volunteering in the community and raising funds for the survivors of the volcano. And I was really enjoying what I was doing. But on that trip, as I was heading to the airport, it was confirmed to me that my life was about to change in a very surprising way and when I came back from that trip and found out that my marriage was over for sure, then I had to make a bunch of big changes and figure out what I was going to do next. And that's when you and I really started to work together uh, because you were living a life at the time that I really admired working in Guatemala. And um, so I just decided rather than go back to college and get a master's degree, because I've really been kind of out of the workforce for a long time. I was working, but not in a capacity to support myself. i had always worked part time and I was mainly a mother raised four kids. So I needed to do something to come up with a new career. And that's when I called you and, and uh, asked if you would mentor me, so to speak, in nonprofit because I was really having a good time. and I didn't want to give that up. I didn't want a different career where I um, wouldn't have time for that hobby. So um, yeah, well, I came up with the plan to take a sabbatical rather than go back to get a master's degree. I wanted to take a sabbatical and do volunteer work for a year or two to give myself time to gain real life experience. And so that's how Heart for Guatemala was a hobby and then became a new career for me.
1: So the way that this came about, which I think is just fascinating. So you're going down to Guatemala and I actually was in Guatemala when you were on your way there. So and you find out that your husband is having an affair and that your marriage is um, falling apart. And then you go down and you lead this team and you're working with people that live in poverty in Guatemala. And, um, you just decided while you were there, this is something that is my passion and this is what I want to keep doing. And so you, you went through that process and then came back, went through this divorce process. And then, you know, like what happened, what happened in between? Cause I know you live in Guatemala now. So what happened in between, like you, so you came back and, And what happened? (laughs) Okay,
0: so I came back and I put in place the plans that I'm going to sell my house, get rid of everything, take a couple of years sabbatical, and I was planning to use that experience that I gained in volunteering for one to two years and hopefully getting a job. And I was working down that road, but then it started to overwhelm me, all the major changes in my life. You know, I went from having a husband, three kids, two dogs, big house job friends everything you know I thought my life was like sailing into retirement after raising kids I thought it was gonna get easy and so in the process of um putting my you know dream home up for sale and starting to get rid of all of my worldly possessions I started to get pretty stressed out and I'm sure you remember that and it got to where I couldn't even sleep once I gave the dogs away that's where it really got tough my husband left the kids all were grown and a couple of more in the military, the youngest one went with his dad to, to live in Chicago. And then I had, it was just me and the dogs and all, you know, little by little, the furniture was disappearing and I had my ticket to go to Guatemala for May, but after the dogs left, I just couldn't sleep at all. Just, you know, I slept with them for five years and they were gone and the house was so quiet and it was just such major devastating loss that, um, more than 30 days without any sleep, you know, really wrecks havoc on your brain. So I had to um, put my plans on hold because I couldn't read. I couldn't concentrate anything and um, ended up having to just, you know, sideline my plans and go stay with my parents for a little while to recover. So they came and helped me finish up the divorce process, get rid of the house, get rid of all the the rest of the stuff that I still had and um, took about six months, I think it was from May until October to recover and get on, get my head back in the game. And, but once I started volunteering for nonprofit in Walla Walla, very similar type of thing. I was working for an organization serving um, the underprivileged, poor, homeless people in Walla Walla. I snapped out of it. I, I realized that's what I love to do. And it took took my mom several months to convince me to do it. (laughs) But finally, I started, you know, got on the right track to where I was sleeping again. And once I was back in in that office and in that capacity of um, working in nonprofit, just like it was like a miracle, like overnight almost, I recovered. And um, that's when a friend of mine who was one of the first people to tell me about Guatemala, like 15, 20 years ago. I was in contact with her and she said, oh, I'm so glad everything's getting back on track. When are you going back to Guatemala? And I said, well, now I'm I'm really enjoying my time here in Walla Walla. My parents kind of want me to stay. She said, I think you need to get back to Guatemala. And so I hung up the phone and thought about it. And said, you know what? Why not? I made my vision board, you know, back in January of, of all my dreams and plans in Guatemala. I said, I got to make that happen. So I went, booked a ticket for December thinking I was going to come back to Walla all after, after two months of volunteer work but once I got there on uh, December 15th it didn't take me any time at all I looked around and, and it just became so clear that I had some a little bit of money from the divorce that I could afford a house in Guatemala and I saw a lot of other people down there doing nonprofit work and missionary work and I had a lot of friends and I just said, this is what I really want to do and what's holding me back. You know, you're only <laughs> 48 once. And I didn't you know my kids were gone. I had no responsibilities. The dogs were gone. I didn't have any debt. So what's holding me back? I always dreamed about retiring abroad and volunteering. But here I had this opportunity. And so um, much to my parents. <laughs> On the fifth day, I called my realtor friend, Jorge, and said, okay, I've got this amount of money. Can you find me a little condo? preferably walking distance to the school where you used to work because that's where I want to volunteer. And so he came up with one that was fully furnished, and I looked at it the next day and said, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> and that's what happened um, just, well, that's been about nine months ago, nine or ten months ago. And uh, within um, one month from walking through the, through the condo, I moved in in January and um, loved it started fixing it up and um from the end of december to february 20th i hosted 20 people from the united states came down to visit so that was a crazy time <laughs> coordinating with these little groups of people all over town and trying to entertain everybody and finish furnishing and decorating my new place but it was so much fun and it went so fast and then i had my return ticket so i thought well i'll go back and pick up the rest of my clothes and get my car sold that I thought I was going to, you know, I had bought right before because I thought I was going back and sell my car and just take care of a few things. And then COVID hit. And then I was stuck. So um, I returned February 20th with the plans to come back in March, but the country closed down before I could get back. Now, Oh, and I had had a few speaking engagements, but that was what I was going to do during that month away. So I took the opportunity that I learned from you about pivoting (laughs) (laughs) And instead of, you know, crying about being stuck, not getting to do what I planned for 2020, because with you, we worked on, you know, my plan for 2020 was hosting lots of visitors and working on site on the ground in Guatemala with the two schools, you know, getting a lot of experience. So none of that came true for 2020 um, after February 20th. But instead, I took the opportunity to tour the United States and visit friends and family that, you know, I might not get to see again for a while. And I've taken the opportunity to visit places that I, you know, it's been kind of a dream to spend a month in San Diego, a month back in Texas. Now I've been a month in Charleston. Next up is a month in Brevard. Who would have dreamed I would be doing these things? And along the way, I've been scheduling speaking engagements because that was my my dream job what i told you i wanted to do is be a public speaker and an author and a fundraiser so this gave me some time to start practicing in this so i've spoken about 15 times uh, to different rotary clubs and i started writing my two books my heart for guatemala is the story that i'm telling you today of how i got involved in guatemala and with the end goal of the book is that i hope my readers We'll read the book and put it down to, you know, start getting online to book a ticket because Guatemala is such a fascinating and wonderful place for a vacation. And the other book, from my experience in traveling and being in over, I think it's about 30 Airbnbs this, this year from, accounting counting the ones in Guatemala before I moved into my condo, um, I've been in over 30 locations from Walla Walla to Seattle all the way down through Oregon, Washington, california across over to texas and now i'm in the carolinas so my book is going to be travel like a cheapskate living a five-star life on a two-star budget love it that's going to be that's a fun project that i need to get back to but i have it outlined and i don't think it'll be um hard to write once i clear my head and you know i've been working on some other projects to get the foundation of my nonprofit solidified and this time although it's not how i envisioned 2020 it's it's been good to get my website built and to learn about nonprofit accounting, to learn about all these office skills that have been so rusty for me because it's been so long out of um, an office job. You know, right after college, I had an office job, but then I was a flight attendant for 15 years. And then I worked at Aldi, the grocery store, for a few years, but mostly I was a mother. And so learning, you know, all these different software programs that you need to run a nonprofit has been a real challenge for me.
1: Well, I will say, listening to this, and I'm sure people that are listening as well are thinking, yeah, you talk about a badass. That's a badass. I mean, to decide you're going to move to Guatemala in the middle of a marriage breaking apart and then kind of riding through that and then going down there and decide, well, you didn't decide you're going to move there. You decided you're going to work there and, and help. And I'm going to back up just a little bit because I've heard you mentioned a couple of times the schools, the schools that you're, you're part of. And um, I have a little bit of knowledge of this. I used to work in one of the schools and these schools in Guatemala Um, and I'll I'll please tell us more in your own words, but they serve and help children that live in very severe poverty to not only obtain an education, but also to sort of be fed, you know, because poverty there is so severe that you may not be eating when you go home. Um, And to learn because you don't have Wi-Fi and all those other things. So I know you're working in two different schools and your nonprofit is helping to support a number of children to come out of poverty through education. So that badassery is point number one. So you get down there, you're still, you know, oh, I went through this. This was like my pit. I, you know, and now I'm going to go help the world. <laughs> and you get there and you're like, I'm, I'm just called to be here. And so what do you do? You buy a house, you know, badass point number two, buying a house in a, another country and deciding you're going to live there. And then you, you know, proceed to, you know, ride the flow, if you will, and, um, and sort of celebrate it along the way and continuing to help and grow your nonprofit. Then you come back here to see a few people and get a few things and you're stuck. And so you do the next, You know, you go budget and go see the country and continue to grow your um, business and pivot, which we talk about how, um, how important that is to be able to flow with the market, flow with what's going on to flow and know yourself enough to know where your interests lie and things like that. And I think it's just phenomenal that you're writing the next book, which isn't about Guatemala, it's about how to travel cheaply, and in on a, a, what is it called, a, on a two-star budget, five-star living. And you have done a great job of what I've known you to be doing, is just staying in these lovely places, having tons of fun, just, you know, being okay, um, because you had a limited budget, who expected that you were going to be stuck in the United States for six months? You know, when you when you came home for you know a week, you know. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's very very fascinating. I just want to honor you and the badassery of all of that, and um, and just be uh, engage our um, listeners in just looking at this whole picture and. And the other part I want to point out is um you know so many times we get lost in the terrible twos I'm too old I'm too I don't know enough about the current economy. I'm to this, I'm to that. And you have not done that. You know, you were a mom for a lot of years. You didn't let that stop you. You got back in, you're figuring it out as you go. I mean, the mindset of this woman is unbelievable. We need to all learn. That's the next book that you could write is, you know, the steel mindset. (laughs) Not letting anything get in your way. It's just amazing, amazing. Amazing. And um, if you had to say like, you know, what is the piece to you that probably like has impacted you in this two to three year journey that you've had the most? What would you say that was and why?
0: Well, there's a couple things. Um, one of the things that attracted me to Guatemala, I should back up and say that um, I was drawn to it. First of all, from about 20 years ago when I was an airline employee, I was checking in a passenger in an early morning flight, and I looked down as I slapped a bag tank around her suitcase that said GUA, Guatemala City. And I thought, Guatemala? What are you doing in Guatemala? And I've since heard dozens of people ask me the same thing. And she told me about Spanish school in Antigua, and I was so uh, interested in that because I had been a rotary exchange student to Chile 30, uh, well, that was back 1987, so 33 years ago. But at the time, you know, that was, that was 20 years ago. I'm talking about this story. I was so intrigued by it, and that's what really began my journey to Guatemala. It took me 13 years to finally get there. And then when I did... Um, I just fell in love. I went on a scouting trip to see if that's where I was going to take my sons for their first international adventure abroad. And then I took them for Spanish school along with some some of my friends and, and their kids, so a group of 14. And then I went back uh, two years ago and took a group of 10 for a vacation. And so it went, um, I'm kind of losing track here, but I want to go back and tell, tell a little bit more detail of how I ended up there. And so it was two years ago when I met you and I was drawn to want to sponsor a student at Escuela Integrada, I found out about your school through a, a woman when I was having breakfast at my Airbnb, and then I, and she took me there and introduced me to you and took leaders to the school and let me see the children. And I picked out the girl that I wanted to sponsor, and that's how I got so interested. That was the first starting point of how I got interested in education in Guatemala. And I thought, how cool is it to live in the United States? Sponsor a kid in Guatemala, and it's so close to Houston, Texas, where you can go on vacation and go visit your sponsor student. So that was like the first thing that really touched my heart that I wanted to go home and tell all my friends, You should sponsor a student in Guatemala because how cool, it's so close, yet it's such a different world. And on that same trip two years ago, uh, I met this little boy up in the hills above Antigua, a five year old little boy that I talked to, and he just touched my heart so much. Um, I interviewed him and he told me he was in kindergarten. His parents were working and I could see the poverty all over him, but I could see his sweet spirit. And uh, that really also, you know, I just I just started feeling the education in Guatemala was so important. And it was not till the next trip where right at the same time that I was finding out about the affair and the pending divorce, and I took my stepson Hagen with me on that trip and he was there to help build houses for the volcano survivors and it was his story Hagen's story that so and so much more inspired me because Hagen was my problem child and he gave me so many issues of growing up through middle school and high school and delved into drugs and all kinds of issues and it was on take by taking him to Guatemala for his second visit because he saw what I was doing and raising money for the victims of the volcano he saw that and watched me and said he thought it was really cool and he would like to go back and help. And I was so surprised because the first trip that I took him to Spanish school, he didn't really appreciate. But on this, um, you know, he saw what I was doing and he asked if he could come back. And I knew he was about to go into the army. So I said, Yes, I'm gonna take you back. And he got to, to experience real service for the first time in his life, and he got to um, view for the first time in, in his life what poverty was really like because the first time we were there on vacation in Spanish school but this second trip for him when we got to go into the village and we got to go to visit the families of Zuela Antigrada and he got to see what their houses were really like and he got to visit with them and hand them food bags and backpacks and then he got to build a house for our family you know he lived a pretty privileged life And at the end of that trip, when I was uh, having dinner with him and his friend John, that last night I said, "Um, So you spent 10 days here in Guatemala. What was your favorite thing? And I fully expected those boys to say, zip lining across the coffee plantation at Think of Philadelphia, because we did that and that was so fun. But they looked at each other and thought for a moment. And then their reply was just amazing to me. They said, We're just two boys young men here to do some service in Guatemala before we go into the army. And we're going into the army because we don't have many opportunities left because we didn't like school. We dropped out of school. We took the GED. We're out of options. But this time in Guatemala taught us about education because we see now that these people are suffering in poverty for lack of education. And so what we've decided now is that we want to go in the army and then go to college. And I was so shocked because (laughs) that never came out of their mouth before. They said, we want to go to college and we want to someday come back and serve Sabah in Guatemala. And that was just the best moment of motherhood for me because I always wanted my kids to appreciate uh, foreign travel and service to others, things that I was given as a gift as Rotary Exchange student. And those things affected me my whole life. And I wanted to instill those values um, in my children. And it was really tough because they were, none of my children were like me. (laughs) They didn't want those opportunities. But Hagen was the one who asked for that opportunity and he benefited from it. And I'm, I'm grateful that he is in the Army now. He's only got one year left. And every time I talk to him, he talks about Guatemala. So that really influenced me besides the children that I met in Guatemala and my own child telling me how important education is. So my mission in Guatemala is not only to serve the Guatemalan children, but to help Americans understand how our neighbors in Central America need our support and how, um, how much there is to learn both yeah. for them and for us. And so I want to be the bridge that, um, Yeah, it works both ways to help Guatemalans and to help Americans learn and to to help encourage Americans to go to Guatemala and have those type of experiences.
1: That's beautiful. I love it. So, yeah, can you just kind of go a little bit deeper into what um, Heart for Guatemala actually does and is doing? I mean, you know, I know it's doing something different right now because of what's going on um, in the global um, pandemic. But what is what is it that uh, Heart for Guatemala does? Uh,
0: Heart for Guatemala is a nonprofit organization. It's not. Um like a Christian ministry. It's um, just a nonprofit and I'm a public speaker and I have my message. And so I've chosen the Rotary Clubs as my main platform to, get, to share my message because of my experience being a Rotary Exchange student. It's a natural outgrowth of that experience to share my story. So I am um, contacting clubs and offering to speak in hopes that they will get involved and donate anybody can donate, and I'm using donations for my two projects, and I'm working with you, just still gaining experience in nonprofit, but I have two projects right now, two schools that I'm raising money for, and I'm partnering with a travel agency in Antigua to um, offer travel experiences, whether vision trips, vacations, service, lot, lots of different options, and of course, all that has been side railed because of COVID, so no travel this year. Um, yeah after March but uh, next year we're working in fact I have a call right after this with the travel agent to discuss plans for 2021 so I hope to offer lots of options Um, so basically I will just be sharing my experience hoping to influence people to travel to Guatemala and then I'll let the travel agency um, plan and book those trips and how I pivoted because of no travel is offering coffee sales so on my website We've um, partnered with an all-women uh, company near Antigua. So we've got fem- all-female uh, farmers, growers, roasters. They do everything. So um, part of Heart for Guatemala, besides education, is encouraging economic development. So however we can to help the local economy, besides tourism. So right now we're selling coffee and promoting coffee. So that helps the female growers and roasters and in in the future hopefully you know when people come down they'll tour the coffee plantation and we're also working with some artisans to provide artisan goods we haven't gotten too far on that remember we're only nine months into the process but we have (laughs) we have started a partnership with some artisans and so those are the three things uh, travel coffee and artisan goods and then just donate to the projects
1: Yeah, and I know, you know, your big impetus and impact is to support these kids in coming out of poverty in whatever way that is meaningful, and so you are um, sort of a a bridge, like you said, between the schools down there that are providing education and people in the United States who want to, one, learn about it, two, um, maybe sponsor a child, three, buy coffee and things like that, so the money that you raise, I know, goes back to support Guatemala. And I I know a, a, of a recent story that um, you're being very humble and not sharing, but through your um, speaking about uh, what are the needs in Guatemala and what lifestyle is like for people that live in poverty there, um, you received a significant donation to help Uh, renovate a bathroom in one of the schools and um, that is that's pretty important I mean if in in, you know we in the United States think about bathroom oh renovate a bathroom we think like you know the shower that's got the two heads on it and the radio and everything like that this is not what you know the bathroom in Guatemala is like basic Being able to utilize the restroom while you're at school, putting a bathroom in. And can you imagine, you know, your children or any child being um, in school and not being able to either use a bathroom or they're using something that isn't very sanitary or something like that. So your your work and your efforts is definitely changing the lives over and over and over again of these children. And. what is happening in Guatemala and that and even right now while we think the world is shut down you're you know you just did that right so that is just this woman's such a freaking badass I can't I mean I'm just so pleased to have her on the show with us because and literally this is a person that um that if she says to you I'm gonna write this book uh two weeks from now the, the book will be written I mean, it, 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 there's nothing stopping her. And then um, what I love about it, too, is, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my coaching and my coaching practice is that we don't have to work ourselves to death to be able to obtain our Purpose and work from purpose, work from our heart space and obtain, you know, financial gain and what we want to be doing, what we know is right. We don't have to kill ourselves. And one of the things that I see you do over and over again is have that great balance. And I hear the words coming out of your mouth almost all the time. And I hope other people are listening to this. It's been fun. It's so fun. This project is fun. And, you know, Kim, you have the ability to sort of Find the fun and then, you know, go toward it and make it into also your work, which is such a great gift. And it's it's something everyone could learn more of that we think if we have like a nonprofit or something that's our passion project that we have to like work extra, you know, but you've made it into the whole story and the whole fabric of changing lives as well as um, just making it simple. It's just like, yeah, we just do it. (laughs) I just love that about you. So if you could give, I mean, you know, there's, I'm sure there's, there are listeners right now who are like, oh my God, I want to be like her when I grow up. And oh my God, I'm already grown up and I want to be like her. And how do I do all this? If you could think of two or three things that you would tell people that um, that you use kind of as your secret sauce share a little secret sauce with us about what are two or three things you would think of that you would advise or tell somebody who's looking to really work from passion and grow their passion and really move toward what they believe is really important in life and change the world What, what would be two or three things you'd tell them
0: one of my sayings is, live simply so others may simply live. And I, I don't remember where I first heard about it. I think it's a saying by Mother Teresa. But that's one of the things that attracted to me to Guatemala because the cost of living is so low there. So, you know, I can live that um, nice lifestyle on such a little bit of money. And I've learned over the years, um, I was married for almost uh, 30 years combined and I've had big fancy houses with theaters and, you know, uh, had an RV and all that. And my husband's had good incomes. And I realized that for me, all that stuff and big income doesn't provide me with as much happiness and fulfillment as knowing that I just have my little space and my few little things and that I'm doing what I love, and serving others, and helping others, and um, living the life that you want is more important than having stuff, so that's uh, a huge secret to my happiness, and um, being with people, other people with um, similar mindset, and, uh, that their outlook is uh, similar to yours, just provides a lot of contentment and happiness, so um, participating in Challenges and groups of people that have similar uh, goals and aspirations brings a lot of happiness. So yeah, living within your means, keeping things simple, all that's really important to me, but giving back. And I'm just so thrilled that I'm at the age, I have an empty nest that I don't lament. I'm really, I feel like a teenager again, because I have this freedom to do whatever I want and i'm blessed with a little bit of financial freedom even though i don't have a lot of money i don't have an in, even an income right now i'm still on volunteer status but um i've learned over the years how to work with a small budget and i'm just blessed to have this time and this opportunity to do what i think is important uh, my boyfriend stan likes the story that i tell often when i'm giving my talks about it was um Two years ago on that same trip where I sponsored my student at Escuela undergrad and I met that little five-year-old boy. But I noticed during that trip that things in Antigua were different because it was my fourth trip there. But the atmosphere was different because three weeks prior was the volcanic eruption of Fuego. And tourism just went, just like now in COVID. It wasn't, it didn't last so long then. But tourism took a huge hit and the town of Antigua is all based on tourism. And I noticed it was so quiet and my friends that I had made over the years, my my Airbnb hostess, my van driver, you know, the, the people around town, I just noticed they were worried because the tourists were gone or missing. And I was walking on First Street past La Merced Iglesia, the church there, and I was deep in thought you know, what's going to happen to my friends here? Because they all depend on tourism. And I was, I had sent my group to the lake for the day and I wanted to hang back and visit some local friends. And I was just so deep in thought, what, you know, how could I help? And I didn't have, you know, a lot of money to give away, but I was just thinking and pondering as I was walking um, to the restaurant for lunch. And the thought came to me, Stan likes to say it was God. <laughs> Kim, you live in Houston, Texas, a city of eight million people, and anyone from Houston who has any money has probably been to Mexico to Los Cabos or Cancun for a vacation. But how many people in Houston have been to Guatemala? And you know, by that time, it was my fourth, fifth trip, and I was in love with it. And I've also been to Los Cabos and Cancun and thought, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> but you know, that thought said you need to go back to Houston and promote travel and tourism. You have a degree in that. And uh, you also need to tell people about sponsoring children in Guatemala. And yeah, I thought me, I have a full time job a family. Yeah, this was way before I knew what was about to happen a few months later. But I just was thinking that through and I discussed it with my friend at lunch and she said that would be great because there's so many people here in Guatemala depend on tourism, so many mission organizations that try to get the message out, but it's hard without someone in the United States giving the message. You know, they're down there just trying to put it out on the internet. So I had still have my job and everything and I just started as a hobby, just inviting my friends over with a little presentation, travel to Guatemala. <laughs> and that's how it all started.
1: Wow. So the way that you got interested in Guatemala was um, trying to go to Spanish school and a a person in the, literally in a seat on a plane with a, a thing on their bag that said Guatemala, and then you asked the person about it and you just got interested and something was pulling you. So I would say that was probably God or your inner self too, that you were destined for this. And it's so amazing when I sit back and I look at this journey and I, you know, I've known you for the couple of years that you've been on this journey, what has happened that just continues to be the next right thing and the next right thing. And I want to celebrate this again. I don't see you ever turning away in worry and, oh my God, this isn't the path that I laid out. You just sort of accept it and keep going, you know, this is the next thing, okay, we'll turn over here and try this, and it's just so beautiful to be part of that, and I I really hope that listeners are really encouraged by that, that you, you know, you don't hear Kim saying, I had a million dollars, or I have a million dollars, you you hear her saying over and over, again, I don't have lots of money, Um, but I have passion, and I have my spirit, and I have a pull in me, and so I'm going to follow that, and I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to, you know, figure it out as I go and that is such a beautiful instruction for how to live life for most of us and then you also have the thing of you know so many people when they get to their retirement years oh my god I could never do that I'm to this I'm to that and um, that's the next piece that's just such a great you're like a beacon a beacon of badassery and uh, so the other thing I wanted to um, sort of ask or clarify and you mentioned is you got really interested in, uh, traveling as a child and, um, you were an international, like a pick from people that were in Rotary to go and go to Chile. Um, so did you go by yourself or were your parents with you or you just, I mean, how did that all unfold? (laughs) Funny.
0: I have lots of funny little stories about my uh, upbringing. Yeah. My dad was a Rotarian. He was club president and, For a few years, he was overseeing the program for Rotary exchange students. So my family hosted four different exchange students over the period of several years. And so that's how I got interested. And so my uh, sophomore year, I applied and I was chosen out of about 10 people and I sent to Chile as an international exchange student in Rotary, they're known as ambassadors for world peace. So that that really started. But before that, um, when I was 14, after my freshman year, my best friend at the time, her family was going to Europe for a month uh, between freshman and sophomore year. And she she was kind of, (laughs) you know, being a typical teenage girl. And so I don't want to go with just my family. I'm not going unless I can bring a friend. And I don't know why her mother agreed, but her mother said, okay, if you can find a friend who will buy their plane ticket, you can bring a friend. So she asked me and I said, yes, I want to go to Europe for a month. And I went home and said, I'm going to Europe. My mom and dad said, "No, you're not." And I said, "Oh, yes, I am. I'm going to pay for it myself. And this is the once-in-a-lifetime chance." <laughs> and somehow I talked the men it, and I worked really hard all year to save up the money. And, and My parents were a little supportive; they helped, they you know came up with some jobs to help me earn some money. But I did have regular jobs, and I earned that money. and I went to Europe for that month, and that was you know growing up in a rural Oregon small town. That was just eye opening, and that was the first time. I noticed uh, flight crews, I was sitting in John F. Kennedy Airport, New York City for that, you know, a few hours in between. That's why I said, that's what I want to do. And actually, when I applied to be an exchange student, if I go back to my, I saved my applications that I wanted to be a flight attendant. (laughs) And, um, you know, later on, when I reminded my mother, that's what I wanted to be, because it took me many years to get to that point when I finally lived somewhere near an airport like you can't be a flight attendant and I said oh yes I wanted to be since I was 14 so it's kind of like whatever my mom says I can't do it's what I wanted to (laughs) do and going going back um, to my eighth grade graduation booklet I saved it said um, I was really mad as a as a you know like a 10 12 year old my parents went to Hawaii and they didn't take my sister and I, because it was a business trip. They won a trip through their business. And I wanted to go to Hawaii so bad. And they're like, no, you can't go. It's a business trip. Ah, but when I grow up, I'm going to live in Hawaii. And sure enough, I went to college on a full scholarship in Hawaii. <laughs> so if I really have a testimony of things that you plan and write down. They come true. They, you know, going to Europe. It was a once in a lifetime chance. I haven't been back since that one time going to Hawaii. I got to spend six great years there. Chile, um, even somewhere back in like fifth grade, I wrote that when I grow up, I'm going to live in New York. And so my flight attendant experience gave me several years where I had a crash pad in New York. So I like all these experiences come true. And just circling back to the donation that you talked about, um, it was two years ago or so that I first went to Escuela Las Felices in Taxisco, rural school, two hours outside of Antigua. I've never seen poverty like that. The bathrooms are just, they're really outhouses and they're filthy, dirty. And um, Amalia, the lady that's in charge of that project, she said she really would love to replace those bathrooms. And so I've had that on my heart that as soon as I could, I would raise the money for that. And, you know, I had all these setbacks with the divorce and such, but just out of the blue, you know, it's, it's come up over and over again. I show people the pictures. And then just one day, recently, a Rotarian from my home club sent me a message and said he was looking over my website. And I like, literally, I knew him. He was a neighbor, but he didn't remember me. But he got in contact because of a, a Guatemalan exchange. did had come to my hometown. And she and I got connected. And she asked him, her host, her host father from like 15 years ago, did he know me? He didn't remember me, but he looked up the website and he said, you can count on a donation from me. And so he talked it over with his wife and I'm so excited about the generous donation they sent down because that is the money that we're going to use to get that those bathrooms. We have to build a septic tank and it's going to be quite a large project, but it's going to be so exciting because that girl, that that ambassador for world peace came to my hometown. And so we're going to work together and get that done. And wow. It's going to be Full circle.
1: <laughs> yeah, how beautiful is that? Well, I know you you mentioned that you're selling coffee that, um, and I I'm, I want to mention the the name of the women that um, work together. What's it? What's the name of the organization that you guys are partnering with? Chica Bean. So Chica Bean. Um, in Guatemala, gathers the coffee, grows the coffee, roasts the coffee, packages it, and sends it directly to. And I have received a bag of it. It's lovely. It has those beautiful, beautiful cherry smells and flavors of traditional Guatemalan coffee that I just love. It's a, it's a medium roast. It's beautiful. And so, um, how do people get a hold of that? Or if they even want to go to a trip, they want to go meet you and go on a trip to Guatemala. We know we, well, actually, the airport's open in up so that could happen but if they wanted to do that sometime um what what would be the process that somebody would go through or even sponsoring a child to help a child in education what how would they connect and do that
0: well you can connect all of that on my website heartforguatemala.org. you can purchase the coffee that's shipped direct and it's a really special partnership that i'm so excited about because there's only just a handful of businesses in all of central america that have ability to ship by UPS for U.S. prices. So normally it's cost prohibitive to ship anything from Guatemala but this one particular business uh, thanks to um, a previous Peace Corps volunteer who returned to, because she fell in love with the country and the people she was miraculously given this opportunity to have a pilot program so we are partnering with her and she's labeling the Coffee Heart for Guatemala for us as yeah, a fundraising opportunity. So it's really neat. Otherwise, um, you know, it would just be next to impossible for us to be able to ship direct and have most of the you know funds going to both support those women, which is economic development, and you know, besides what they take, a little bit of the funds can go to help our education projects. So yeah, direct you can do. It's really an easy process to buy the coffee direct from my website, and also uh, there's a travel button that you can go and. See lots of nice video of travel from Guatemala, and you can go direct to uh, Heart of Travel website and chat with Chelsea, the owner, and she can set you up on a vision trip or vacation or for service. We're going to have lots of options, but we're just now getting back to the travel piece uh, because we've put all that on hold due to COVID this year, but we're expecting by second quarter of 2021 that things should be
1: back in session for travel to Guatemala. Nice. And then if someone wanted to look into sponsoring a child and helping them obtain their education, would they also go to your website, Heart for Guatemala? It's heartforguatemala.org, correct? Correct. Yeah.
0: And we have a Facebook page, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. We're going to be going on Pinterest. Stan's working on me. He's the Pinterest man. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you're interested in sponsoring a student, you can just connect with me and the messaging on Facebook or um, send me a message to the website and we can get you connected. But all that and the vision trips, you can arrange a tour of the school.
1: Nice. So we'll make sure to have all that information on the in the program notes that you can get and look at so you don't have to try to write furiously or remember that. But um, yeah, such beautiful, beautiful um, information and what a true, true, true badass. And you know, we don't even have to like summarize how she's using her badassery to better the world. It's everywhere she goes, she's bettering the world. So um, thank you, Kim, so much for being with us today. I hope you'll come back sometime and fill us in on what's going on next. I know you're um, you're going back to Guatemala soon, correct? Yep, and I just can't wait to be back on the ground, back at the schools, you know, heart
0: and hands-on as you say. Absolutely. Yeah. working with the children and gaining more experience. Just today, I was uh, learning more about other nonprofits that are serving in Guatemala, looking at their websites, looking at all the things they do, and I just can't wait to go back and volunteer with them to, you know, jump in on their projects, work side by side during this time that I have left in my sabbatical experience. And that's that's another thing I'm grateful we were able to do is raise over $3,000 for food bags for Suela grata to help the starving people of Guatemala because they were just sidelined with COVID. And they, the country was shut down. There was no public transportation. Schools were closed. People couldn't work. So there was, in a country where hunger and famine was already a problem, it was exacerbated by COVID. So, Luckily, Escuela Integrata um, had a program to fill bags of food to last for two weeks, and they've been continuously delivering these bags, and a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma offered to match donations, so I was just thrilled to uh, send down several thousand dollars
1: that was matched and provide a lot of food bags so beautiful wow what an honor to be with you and yeah we'd love to have you come back and you know those of you who are listening on um, Apple podcast or wherever you are um, we also have this podcast on the YouTube channel my YouTube channel Paula B coaching and you can see um, and we'll have her back and maybe we'll get a little tour of her home and in, in Guatemala and those kind of things on the next the next time we get together when she can get back if she, if you allow us to do that Kim but um, love it that everyone is here and I'm just so very honored Kim to be with you today remember this organization is called Heart for Guatemala and this is Kim Rogers look look forward to her books they're coming out um, travel like a cheapskate what is it five-star life on a two-star budget (laughs) (laughs) And then the other one is her story with, uh, that she told us today, her badassery story with the heart for Guatemala. So, um, and also feel free to go to that website and get the coffee support your caffeine habit as well as everybody wins caffeine habit along with, um, with supporting kids and their education and also a women run business that exists in Guatemala, which is highly unusual, and. Um you know, that is just amazing, too. And so, yeah, give back to the country of Guatemala as well as your own caffeine habit and everybody wins. Um, and then if you want to go to Guatemala, I'm sure Kim would be really, really glad to host you and help you have some kind of service project that is so meaningful, building a house for somebody or, you know, helping at one of the schools or, you know, whatever your desire is, I'm sure she and the travel agency can help you. So please keep this in mind and so glad that you all tuned in and I just want to remind you I am Paula Boland and my organization. I'm the owner and founder of Paula B Coaching, and you can get in touch with me at paulabcoaching.com. Um, you can get the show notes from this on our podcast, which is the Badassery. That's where you are right now. In case you forgot where you are, you're on the Badassery podcast, and um, we cannot wait to do another episode. And um, certainly would love to connect with you if you would either like to be a guest or would love some help getting your nonprofit or your business up and going scaling, going big. I specialize in helping um, people uh, come up with their dreams and know their dreams, but to clarify their dreams, work from passion, bring your heart in, put your hands on and be able to build your business, build your life in a way you want it and scale it. Uh, Many, many of my clients, um, 2x to 10x their income, in 90 days or less, all while not working one more hour, and like Kim says, having a lot more fun. So glad, glad, glad to be with you today, Kim, and if you guys wanna connect with me, again, Becoaching.com and we'll have all of Kim's information in the show notes for later. And thank you so much again, and um, any final comments, anything you'd like to leave the audience with before we tune off today?
0: I just had a great time being with you, and I hope you will all consider a visit to Guatemala in your future.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, I'll be there. I'm actually thinking about going in, in uh, December. So anybody wants to join me, come on, we're going to go in December. I'm going to go to Tikal. So we'll see everyone the next episode of the Bad Assery.